Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey! Welcome to Glamorous Trash. On this podcast, we recap and book club celebrity memoirs. We pontificate about pop culture. And sometimes, if it's a real doozy, we cry. If you have ever casually referenced Mariah Carey in therapy, then this is probably the podcast for you. And this is a glamorous trash talk episode where we are discussing female friendship breakups. I'm your host, Chelsea Devantes. I'm a TV writer, comedian, and filmmaker, and sometimes I'm in stuff too. And today's episode is about female friendship breakups because we talk about them a lot on the podcast. I'm even thinking of our Kim Cattrall episode where we discussed what happened with Sarah Jessica Parker. It, they come up in small ways, but they're often not the main storyline, certainly not in TV and film. And yet they are such a dominant relationship in women's lives. So, so, so many women have a female friendship breakup. And if they don't, they were friend to another woman who is going through it. And this is a love, the female friendship love that has no articulation in our culture because we're not telling those stories and talking about it. You know, you need different reference points the same way we have them in romantic relationships for heterosexual couples. You know, we have the say anything reference of the guy holding you know, the stereo above his head. And we have waiting to exhale and setting the guy's car on fire because he's a cheater. We have all these different stories where you can like point to that and help, you know, talk about your own life or what's going on in your relationships. And we don't have that with female friendships. Obviously, I'm sure it's clear. I have spent my entire career pitching and writing versions of these breakups as movies, as TV shows, and like, you know, hopefully like one's on the way. But this industry is volatile. Who knows? So I've always sort of been waiting to tell these stories. And then finally, I received a DM that was like, you know, why haven't you talked about this yet? And I was like, you know what? You're right. Fuck it. I have a podcast. Let's just talk about it now. And so right before we bring on our guest, I'll just tell you a little personal stuff. So I have had two giant, massive female friendship breakups in my life. The worst heartache I've ever had, like run me over. I am still reeling from it. I have a joke, which is like, I came here to make friends to my detriment. Like I, <laughs> I love friendship, but also like I struggle with like boundaries and distance and like, I don't know, knowing what's good for yourself. Like I'll just go for a friendship over anything. And if I am having anything besides a huge, dramatic, massive friendship breakup, I'm usually attempting some nice sort of calm walk away, hoping that the person won't be mad at me for wanting space. And that always fails and blows up. And then I'm having a huge traumatic breakup. On top of my two giant female friendship breakups, I have had to defriend 
three friends in the course of my lifetime. Um, because each time I came to this breaking point where I felt like the friendship was really bad for me. I have also been defriended. Like I've had someone defriend me. I've also experienced worse, which is where like an acquaintance becomes a nemesis, which is such a bummer, but fine. I've also experienced someone becoming an enemy, which is not so fine. And I'm still fucking mad about it. When I talk about grudges all the time on this podcast, I am talking about the women who have fucked me over. I feel like I've just lived through a lot of female friendship moments. You know, everything from like when you set, you know, angrily set a boundary and then in response, like they angrily set a boundary and then you're both just like making boundaries until you're not friends anymore. Or when you're like so mad at someone, but then you find out that they are mad at you or that they don't like you. And you're like, wait a minute, I want you to like me. Please don't be mad at me. But like, I'm mad at you and I don't like you. (laughs) Like, so why would I care? Um, you know, I've invited people who really hurt me to important moments in my life and, and just had them there because it felt like the history of the friendship felt like I had to do that and ignored that like the present tense of the friendship no longer was good for me. I think something about these breakups, big or small, just hurts so much. And the rejection feels so vicious because it's so personal you know, you don't have to put your finances together. You don't have to get married. Your in-laws don't have to meet. Like you don't have to have kids together. Like none of those things are present in a platonic friendship. And so when it doesn't work, it really is just like you and your actions and them and their actions. And there's just nothing more painful than that. And a, a best friend also, I think can know you so much more intimately than a romantic partner. Or at least faster. There's so many nooks and crannies. Like you would talk to a best friend about how you're feeling like in your love life and your sex life and at every stage. Whereas with the person you're a partner with, they might not know that grittier side of, of how you feel about the relationship until later or not ever because you're with that person. A best friend knows everything. And I think they're easier to tell everything to and live through everything through because you're often best friends with someone who you can really relate to. Whether it's like, body image or food issues or your career dreams or family circumstances. And the way you are similar is so bonding, but then the way you are dissimilar also forms who you are. I've definitely formed my personality at different parts of my life within other friendships. Like there's a friendship I had where I really wanted to be a, I don't know if I wanted to be a writer, but like I was always interested in writing or didn't know I was a writer, but she was the writer. So I could never be. And I was just like the dumbass, but I was an actress and she was the writer. And I never really got to explore the side of me that was a writer because like that was her thing. And we, we were defined within this friendship. And then like fast forward to later, I'm in another best friendship and I'm the writer and they're the actress. And I'm like, but I'm an actress too. But it was like, they were the actress and I was the writer. And, and just the way you define like who, who gets the romantic attention, who has the visual attention, who's successful, who's, who is the family members. And I think like that comparison you have within the friendship is both what makes it so special and so helpful, but also so painful and so vicious when it doesn't go well or leads to no longer being friends. So that's the end of my small portion talking about female friendship breakups. There's just so much more to say. And before we go to break and and bring out our guest, I just want to dedicate this episode actually to female friendship breakups that have mended. And there is one in my life that actually mended and the friendship was repaired and it takes a lot of work on both people's part. So 
Um, so I'm dedicating the episode to mending those breakups uh, when possible, when healthy, because I didn't think it was possible, but it is. It is. So let's go to break. When we come back, we will talk to our guest. Sibling fights are unavoidable, but what if every fight you had was under a microscope on a global scale? That's the reality for brothers Prince William and Prince Harry. They were each other's closest friends and allies since the death of their mother. But that all began to crack as they married and took wildly different approaches to their royal duties. Wondery's podcast, Disintel, is hosted by comedians Sydney Battle and Matt Balasai. Each episode unpacks one of pop culture's most iconic celebrity feuds, and they recently took a deeper look into the real reason William versus Harry started. It's actually much bigger than these two brothers, stretching back into the history of the British monarchy. Did their feud start with the royal family's mistreatment of Meghan Markle, or was it something that started much earlier? Follow Disintel on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. I started this podcast because I have been obsessed with memoirs my entire life. And I can't believe it, but I got to write my own. And it comes out on June 4th, and you can order it right now. The book, you know, I was asked to describe it, and I said, it is an absolutely harrowing, traumatic memoir, but funny. So if that sounds good to you, order it. Let me give you some topics that are in this memoir. A female best friendship breakup. How I got my break into Hollywood. When I found out my dad was not my real dad. The time I dated a magician. Are those last two related? Who's to say? Read the book. Growing up in Utah. Growing up around cults. How I got into therapy. Listen, I could keep going. Each chapter title is a different woman's name in my life. Some are heroes. Some are motherfucking villains, but you know what? A villain and a hero, what are both of those things? A leading role, and we do love women in our leading roles. So pre-order the book, it matters a lot. I linked everywhere that you can buy it in the show notes, but you know, go anywhere. Also, I am reading the audiobook personally. So I'm personally narrating it. So if you like this podcast, get my longest podcast ever. And the audiobook is also available for pre-sale everywhere you get audiobooks. And thank you so much for listening to this podcast. You are the reason I got to write a memoir. So thank you so, so much. Our guest today is a Los Angeles-based artist, comedy writer, performer, recovering perfectionist, and founder of the growing international movement, Shitty Crafts Club. She's been writing and performing in New York City since 2011 and has written for Comedy Central, MTV, BuzzFeed, NBC, Refinery29, so many other places. Her new book, Shitty Crafts Club, a club for gluing beads to trash, talking about our feelings and making silly things, is a hilarious guide to discovering your creativity, embracing chaos, and finding inner calm. I have also read it. I adore it. I love it. The pictures are gorgeous and the stories are so beautiful. I became an instant fan of Sam when I read her book. You can purchase it in stores now and go to her TikTok and her Instagram because it's the happiest place on earth. Hi, Sam Reese. Hi. Yay. (laughs) We're here. You're here. I'm really happy you are joining me for this episode for many reasons. One, after we became friends from our DMs, I do believe we have a thousand episodes inside us. Like, I think it's a whole other podcast, really. It's a whole other podcast. Yeah. But I'm also really excited it's you because we are a new friendship. Yeah. And so um, I'm like so excited to hear about this part of your life. Um, I adore you. I, I, You have a picture of a toilet on your wall and I'm looking at it right now mm-hmm. and I'm like, yeah. 
Yes. Yes. This is Sam is for me. I hope I am for Sam. Okay. Let's get to one of the most difficult, vulnerable, complex, nuanced, and not covered topics, given how huge it is in people's lives. I read a book on friendship that said 70% of women have had a female friendship breakup. And I said, they're lying because it's 95. (laughs) It's, um, but no, 70 is still (laughs) extremely high. Mm -hmm. The rest of that number is people being like, there's possibility that we'll be good someday. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so I know you've had a female friendship breakup, obviously you wouldn't be here, but I've had, I'm on this episode. I'm going to say there's my therapist says there's big T and little T, like big trauma and little trauma, but Mm -hmm. it's all trauma. And I'm going to say there's big B and little B there's big breakups. And there's little breakups with female friends. <laughs> and I have had two big Bs. Me too. No way. Yeah. Okay. This is what we have to talk about because after the second one, I was like, hmm, seems like what they have in common is me. I was thinking <laughs> like, about that. T- I obviously have thought a lot about them constantly. It's the, yeah. it's the thing I think about maybe every single day. And yes. yeah, I, w- I had a moment today where I was like, is it me? And I'm like, I don't think so. They're so different. <laughs> I know. I know. I don't think so. Okay. I want to, I want to unpack them. Like it, it was a pain unlike anything I've ever felt. And it only kind of went away when I got a new best friend mm-hmm. a few years later after <laughs> the fact. And, um, the devastation from that breakup, I have only recently begun to get over and, um, it, and that was six years ago. And yeah, they're intense. Yes. So would for me, mine were, I've never cried over a man, a romantic partner, the way I cried over those two friendship breakups. Yes. It's like an anxiety I've n- never felt. Yeah. I, I think, well, for me, it was romantic relationships were different because I, I didn't come out until I was like 29. So most of them were tumultuous and, and horrible because I was like, why don't I love them yet? And yeah. <laughs> uh, it's for a very specific reason. Uh, so it wasn't so much crying for the relationship being over. It was crying because I'm like, something's wrong with me and I can't figure it out. And oh. for friendship, I had two friendship breakups that were probably big B's, if you will. Um, like a two years apart. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. These were both like a while ago. Um, yeah. And the first one, I don't think I ever really processed to be honest. Were you just too young? Yeah. I think I was probably like 23 Yeah, and I was like, Oh, okay. Well, bye. And there's a gaping hole. And but I had already kind of started my friendship with my current best friend who's been my best friend for 10 years. So I was like, well, this is working out. So I actually <laughs> can forget everything I've ever done with that person. It's easy. <laughs> so talk to me about the falling in love stage. Um, like, what was it like for you? Like, when did you notice like, oh my God, this is my best friend in the whole world. So one Big B was with a creative partner and one was with like a f- coworker who then became a roommate and a friend. Oh my God. Same. Yeah. One was with a creative partner for me and one was with um, a friend in school. Wow. Parallel lives. <sighs> yeah. I think the, for the creative partner, 
it, you know, it's like when you click into someone's sense of humor and you're like, oh, this is, we're really funny together. Like we're crushing it. And then people are like, how long have you known each other? And we're like, we just met. And you're like, whoa, you guys gotta work together. You know, that was sort of the <laughs> yeah. vibe. People were pumping us up and we're like, okay, we will. And so it was just like, we were both young and we were excited to make stuff. And uh, we both had a lot of ideas and it just seemed to be easy until it wasn't. But uh, mm -hmm. yeah, it, it was just like we were on fire. We we're like, oh, this is great. We have yeah. all this possibility ahead of us. And and who better to make art with than your, your best friend, which is true still for me now. But it's it's a very unique feeling for sure. Yeah. To me, it does feel like the love at first sight feeling. It's a montage you know, moment. Like the, yeah. The intangible, the unknowable, it just is. There's times where I get still, yeah, really angry. I'm like, if I saw her, what would happen? Have you seen them? What? Have you seen so these people? One of them I have not seen or spoken to in like 15 years. It's mm, a long time. And the other one we have mended. This is recent? Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. The thing is, though, like with the one that I haven't like seen or spoken to, like every day I actually think about emailing her. And then I have to think like, why? <laughs> like, why? What? What? Yeah. You know, is what it are you like seeking? The state of the world where you're like, who cares? Like, let's just connect. And like, we had something great. Like, why? So uh, one fun thing about me is that I've told people I forgive them when I haven't. Um, and it's because I want to be there. And right. so I, I was like, I for, I, I forgive you. And then like the next day was like, no, I fucking don't, you know? And like, and I've still got 10 more years in me of like being so upset. Yeah. And sometimes I'm like, but that's like old and in the past. So like, we could just like acknowledge each other. I think I want to acknowledge each other, but I don't know what that would, would really I don't know bring. what comes after that. Right. Yeah. Where and also like when someone was like, fucking horrible to you. Like I'm an amazing punching bag because I can endure a lot. Yeah, I can just too. take a lot. And so, you know, I have to be like, what if this person's still like that? Are you just like asking to get hit in the face again? Because I know me and I'll take it. I'll be like, okay, but coffee, you know what I mean? Like, I <laughs> it's fine. It seems like you haven't changed and, uh, but we're here now. So let's keep going. Um, yeah. No problem. Yeah, I, I definitely, yeah. in both of those cases, didn't stand up for myself, maybe not even once, which I think is part of what's so painful now, being in like years of therapy, being like, oh, I think about all the time what I could have said or done to yeah. try and facilitate a conversation that was maybe helpful and to just like stand up for myself. That's something I rarely do in my yeah. current life. It's so hard for me. I really relate to that. I think I am someone who can really stand up for myself in a lot of situations, but can't stand up for myself with female friends until it was like the final moments. Or maybe I can now, but I, I couldn't then because I always wanted the friendship more than I wanted to be healthy. And I would just do anything to keep the friendship and which meant like never rocking the boat. I also think um, as women and anyone who is othered, power in numbers is real. And to have someone by your side gives you the equal amount of power as a, a man would. That's how I felt a lot in my life. Like 
if I have this like ride or die woman by my side for anything, now I can have a career. Now I can stand up in meetings. Now I don't have to hate myself all the time. Now I can be taken seriously. Or when I'm not, I have someone there who will back me up or we can talk about it together. And it felt like safety in numbers, power in numbers. I, I think that's also a big reason why these friendships matter so much. It's like women helping women is like an economic and a political, like sort of act of activism. It's like how you better your life is like by linking arms sometimes. Yeah. And so I think I often like leaned into them even when they were bad for me because it felt like safety. That makes sense. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So one more question on the love. Just tell me just like a couple of things, like a couple of anecdotes from your friendships of like what would illustrate how deeply female friendship love can, can be or what it can look like. So the last big B we were, we became roommates. We were obsessed with the idea of living together and she had a roommate forever. And finally like after years of us being like, oh, wouldn't it be amazing if we could live together? She moved out and I moved in so fast. And we were already spending all of our time together. And the fact that we were living together, you know, it was like sleepovers every night. We'd watch TV together. We'd um, we'd go shopping together. We worked together. Like we were truly in every aspect of each other's life. And I would say she was like a hard nut to crack. We definitely didn't have the type of friendship that I, I think some people have where it's like, she helped me put a tampon in, you know, there, there, which actually reminds me that I had camp friends break up breakups, um, when I was a teenager and they did help me with tampons. <sighs> but Listen, I, if someone helps you put a tampon inside you, they should never be allowed to leave your life. Like that should be, where are you? you? Should just, <laughs> yeah. You got to come back. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> but we're friends for life. <laughs> yeah. You've seen it all. And you still live in New Jersey and won't talk to me. That's so weird. Um. (laughs) (laughs) I think also I'm picking up on something that we might have in common, which is like when you're just like so fuck, you're a people pleaser. You're just like nice to a fault. But like, you know, I've definitely thought about like the ways niceness can also be like insidious. Yeah, just like in in this case, I was trying to be so nice about it that it shut her off completely. And she refused to speak to me for while we were still roommates, like would not. Did you initiate the breakup or did she? It was probably her in a way. Uh, It was unfortunately it involved a stupid, Uh, stupid man. uh, It's a guy. I I was about to say that. I was like, no, please. No. These ones also are my least favorite because they are very common, but the only way they've been portrayed is like really hacky and shitty. And so then you want to like not have that be a part of your story, but like it can often be. And you know, again, that point in my life, I was like pretty recklessly dating to not feel anything. Love that. I've done that. Yeah. And yeah, I'm just going to follow who shows me attention and I won't think about whether I like them or feel a single emotion about it. I'll just do it. And I will own that. <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> and uh, I cringe thinking about it. So that was sort of what happened. But then she never gave me the opportunity to talk. She gave me one opportunity to talk about it. And I didn't realize how serious it was and how upset she was. And so I kind of brushed it off. And then it dissolved so fast from there. Um, wow. So it was something really deep for her. Yes. 
And she was older than me. She was like five years older than me, which looking back, I'm like, I mean, she knew how old I was. And that is when you're 23 versus almost 30. That is like such a big difference in life experience. And it didn't feel like she was giving me any, any leeway there. It was like, (laughs) you should know better. And yes, I should have. But also I was so dumb in emotions. I was emotion dumb. Yeah. 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 Sam, thank you so much for being so open and to have someone not see your intentions or that you have a good heart and you were wanting to make it right. And they just didn't want to see that or honor that. It's just so cruel. Like you did not deserve that. It's, it's very painful. And I can actually relate to what you're saying, but in the opposite direction, because I broke up with one of my big B's over a guy but it wasn't someone I was interested in. It was my brother. And he always dated my friends or not always, but a couple of times in a way where like, all I wanted was my friend's attention. All I wanted was my brother's attention. And when they would date for like the weird beginning period, we'd all be friends all the time. And then I'd get cut out. And my best friend knew this. She knew it was this thing that bothered me so much. And I never really had time with my older brother because we didn't live together. And so um, one time she hooked up with him. And uh, that's when I ended the friendship. Now, a thousand things happened before that, that if I told you, you would be like, why didn't it end there? <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> like, uh, field of red flags. Yeah. <laughs> she did sleep with um, the guy I was sleeping with. Um, oh. That did happen. And I was like her over anything. I'm an ugly sack of trash. Of course, he went on to her good for her. (laughs) And like, I'll make my way through it because she matters to me more than anything. And somehow when it came to like this, like really over the top, I'm going to do the thing that I know you're going to hate. It was just like this sign of like, in both my breakups, it was people who I did the breaking up, but only because they'd done everything. But yeah, they pushed you into a corner and were like, you like it over there? Yeah, they were just like, bitch, please end it. Please end it. And I'd be like, never. (laughs) I do think one of those stereotypes that's a stereotype for a reason is that like women, women fight through like a thousand paper cuts and men fight (laughs) with like a cannon, (laughs) you know? A thousand percent. Yeah, it's like, it's the ghosting, the whispering, not being invited to things. Who are they talking to? Like a, a certain friend meetup that no longer includes you, a certain item of clothing. Uh, like it was all these tiny things that I felt like when I would see them again right after the breakup, it felt like seeing your ex where it's like, I know those shoes and you would never normally wear those <laughs> shoes. If the, You know what I mean? Like, I, yep, you do that on purpose. And that's not your drink. And yeah. <laughs> and, You're trying to portray yourself as doing really well. And I see that. Yeah. So in one of the things that I think is such a bummer with female friendships or any platonic relationship is that when one of my breakups was happening, I tried to get her to go to couples therapy with me. Whoa. And yeah. And we were in a place where like, even if I could pull that off, we'd have to go to like a discount garage. Like we weren't (laughs) in a place where we could afford solo therapists, but I was so desperate I was so desperate and I I knew we were headed for the end. And I was like, please go to couples therapy with me. And her response, I can't knock it because she was like, I don't want to be in couples therapy with you. I want to be in couples therapy with a romantic partner. Like you can't be my everything anymore. And I was like, why not? <laughs> like, please. But you're my and, everything. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And like, but there's not like 
tools for friendships or tools for working together friendships the way I could go and look for like a marriage counseling book. You know, no, I I remember this very specific moment in therapy in like 2017, maybe, where I had just gone through a breakup with this long term boyfriend and it was my choice. I like went to therapy for this relationship and then I was like, mm, I hate him. She was like, yeah, so you do have to end that. And <laughs> but after it was or like towards the end or after it was over, I was really frustrated with my current best friend and forever life partner, Becky. Um, hi, Becky. Uh, oh, hi, Becky. I was like expecting so much from her. My therapist was like, okay, I understand where you're coming from, but you are trying to plug everything into the Becky outlet. And sometimes, you know, if you have a romantic partner, there's a plug for them and there's a plug for your best friend and that you can't put everything on your best friend. And mm, that's I was really like, good advice. Oh, yeah, it really helped my perspective on a lot of expectations. Um, but of course, if I went to Becky and I was like, will you help me with this? She'll drop everything and be like, yes, let's go. Um, but I didn't want to put that on all on her, right? It's like, I that's not fair to expect her to save me in everything I need from, yeah. you know. Yeah, now let's move to another topic I want to discuss, which is how do you know when to break up with someone and how do you do it? And I don't know if I have advice. I think I've only done this wrong <laughs> before in my life. But in case we have some words of wisdom, like one thing I can think of is my therapist gave me advice on, on this thing I was going through, which is that space in a friendship is not always a bad thing. Sometimes it can make a friendship better. Maybe this is not a person you need to see all the time. And maybe the friendship can be happier if you don't. Right. Or if you don't keep pushing, that helps. Another thing that helped was like, just pay attention if every time you hang out with someone, you feel bad. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to be able to articulate what they're doing wrong or what's happening. You don't have to have a reason, but you, you can notice if you are always feeling bad and just honor that. And that's something I used to not do ever. Um, That's new for me as well. <laughs> At all. <laughs> yeah, never. This year, I'd say, is the first year that I started to uh, yeah. act on that. Yeah. But it's hard. Yeah, I, it's really hard. And yet, it's it. yeah, it's a tough thing of, like, not ever wanting to hurt anyone, but then also trying to be like, but that includes me. So having gone through two of them, do you have advice on how to get through it, especially immediately after? Like, right when it happens, was there anything you did where you thought like that helped or? Well, space definitely, it really does help, even though yeah. it wasn't um, my choice in either the, of them. The space definitely gave me a little clarity on how I felt about the situation and and what actually happened. Because yeah, it's so emotional and and you like any breakup, you just need time to understand what you just went through. I think the only thing that that helps immediately and is also torture is space. Yeah. Oof, the hardest thing. The hardest thing. 
I was the breaker upper in both of my breakups. However, I feel like they threw me off a cliff. And as I was falling, I said, it's over between us. (laughs) Don't come down here and save me. (laughs) I'll be on the rocks dying, bitch. Um, I definitely had to re-find myself as if I was Gwyneth Paltrow in Sliding Doors and like an earring fell off and I walked into the train and was like, who am I? Like I had to start from zero. And so anything that helps you start from zero helped me like new hobbies. Hobbies are great. Um, Change of scenery. Um, Lists about things you like to do. Yes. Lists about things you like about yourself. Those are great as well. Because, uh, you know, yeah. Sometimes you have to write it down to believe it. Yeah. Yeah. How do you think you know when it's your fault? And how do you know when it's someone else's fault? So I'm thinking of friends who've been like, can you believe this person did this to me? And I think, "Uh uh-oh, uh-oh, I'm siding with them and you're telling me the story, (laughs) you know? I'm like, oh, (laughs) sure, yeah. And and if that's possible with you, surely that can be possible with me. Like, how do you take ownership of what was yours and what was someone else being a goddamn bitch? God, that's something I'm still fucking trying to figure out because the more I think about it now from like a pretty healthy brain, I'm like, there were some red flags before any of this happened. And I was also just so sad. I'm so sad for that version of me because it it all looking back right now, it all feels like cries for help. That's what I see now. And of course, like I had a huge I played a huge role in how she felt and wanted to not never see me again. And to this day, I'm like, she probably wants me dead. I don't know. That's the vibe I get from her. Pretty cold. Um, But that's still about her, though. Yeah. It's still about her. Yeah. I walked past her once in Soho and I don't (sighs) know if she saw me, but I saw her and my whole body got like ice cold and I was like dizzy and I was like uh, uh like it literally was like oh you left me at the altar and now I'm seeing you with your new wife is what it felt like oh. and then yeah. I just went about my day I I was like should I text her no no she's just living her life out there do you want me to run her over with a car no I'm just kidding um <laughs> I will ride for anyone so okay this is my final question you mentioned that like you, you've had Becky the whole time, but have you ever made a new best friend like to that level after those two breakups? And and how did you do it? Yes. I, I actually met one of my other very best friends at a party of my ex-boyfriends. It was just, again, one of those magical moments where right away it was like, we've known each other before. I understand you. Yeah. We make each other laugh so much. And there's a sort of assumed closeness right away that you're like, I, I don't know. I feel like I can be very honest with you and you're not judgmental and you're very open and it's just working. And yeah, he's not in the industry at all. It was very random, but. And do you, did you feel walled off at all? Or were you like, yeah, I'm open for another friendship despite what's happened. I'm always open to another friendship. I think that that's, hmm. I, I love friendships so much. Like I wrote about it in my book that I feel like you yeah. should have a thousand soulmates. Like there's always opportunities to 
to make a new best friend. And I have so many different friendships that are all super unique and special in their own way. And like, you know, Becky's like my sister and then my friend Spencer, who I'm talking about, like, I don't see him that often, but as soon as I do, we're like right here, you know, there's always, we pick up right where we left off. And I have a lot of friends like that where, you know, we can go to each other if we, if we need to, but we don't see each other that much. I think it's important to, you know, like with relationships in general, you're just like, it'll happen again. And to be open to it is very vulnerable, but it's always worth it. I think it's really beautiful. I'm, I'm, um, I've never done it again. And I, yeah, well, so I, I, I should say that similarly to you that I've, I've had these other really longstanding best friends and I, and I have best friends who I've, you know, had the whole time. Um, I have never, let myself have another marriage in a mm. friendship again. And, and I, I, and so I'm not like, I have really, really close best friends, but I've never done the thing where like, we are, we are soulmate married and I've kept like walls up. And there's, there's times where there's that the friendship starts and I, I keep it back. And I feel like a part of that is like, I can't go through one of those again. Like, I can't go through, I, I don't, I can't go through that again. Um, the other part of that is I don't know if I trust what I think of as a really great marriage between female friends, because I'm worried my vision of that deep love is codependency. Mm -hmm. And, and that, and that I do have those marriages now, but because they're not like toxically codependent, um, I'm not seeing it as the same. Like, I I don't know. And I'm serious. And I do, I do know that that part of the relationships were my fault where like, I just love, I love to clasp hands and never let go and do everything together to an unhealthy degree. Like I, I feel it all the time, especially with this podcast, which is that, you know, I have guests for every episode but there's a part of me that like can't believe I don't have a co-host female best friend doing every single episode with me. And that's for a reason because the friendships that had that place in my life have gone away. And the friendships I have now in my life, I don't want to accidentally like ruin them by bringing the business side of me into the friendship, which is admittedly an intense side. I'm really intense when it comes to work and business and pulling a best friendship into that is probably not great. However, it does get a little lonely hosting this alone or, or being the face of it alone because anything bad that happens is on me. Anything good that happens is on me. And while I think some people enjoy that, I wish I had someone to just stand next to me and make me feel strong when I don't feel strong. And yet I know it's not good for me. I also want to shout out, like, I have some incredible women who work on this podcast with me. You know, our podcast producers, Kate and Corinne, and also my business partner, Jordan Moncada, who is the other half of this brand with me. But those are relationships that actually started like business first. And then we built the friendship. Whereas like, if I took someone in my life who, who gets my like, crying, sobbing phone calls, but then also has to like make good business decisions with me. Like maybe that wouldn't be healthy. I don't know. I I know I said I sounded lonely. This sounds sadder than I intended. (laughs) (laughs) No, that makes sense. I mean, it's scary. And I, I, 
but I also wonder like if you should give yourself more credit for how far you've come in your own thinking and your own boundaries and, and just like operating as a human in general, or it's like, yeah, I mean, sometimes just being a human is lonely and that's totally normal, but the, just the dynamics of friendships, I, you're like, well, we, to be toxic in that way, like I don't have the energy, you might not have the energy for that and you know that you can't handle that. So that's a good thing. No, you're, you're absolutely right. And and I think it's funny because like I had a friend come, come and sit here the other day and we drank espresso martinis and she went through every single page of my book with me with every thought and every moment. Cause that's just like the kind of friend she is. And it's like, that is a marriage, but I don't then like text her all night long, text her all day next morning. She doesn't know every single thing about my relationship. I don't know every single thing about hers. I don't get jealous when she like hangs out with her boyfriend. She doesn't get jealous that I have husband. Like, I think those are the things that for me, I'm like, I, I don't know. I'm like, will I ever like be married to another platonic female friend again? Or am I too old and tired? And we're just going to be healthy from here on out. Or will I ever be drunk and like helping a woman rip off her Spanx to like go fuck a guy at three in the morning ever again? I don't know. Hey, and I think like the friendships you have that marriage with that's healthy, you can be like, what if what if we were toxic for like a day just for fun and then we'll pull it back and we'll be healthy again? Like, let's just go on vacation (laughs) together. I don't know. Toxic vacay. Toxic vacay. Okay, Sam, I love this advice. I love this advice. Um, Okay, Sam, tell everyone where they can find you. You can um, find and follow me at Shitty Craft Club on all the platforms. Um, Or, you know, Girls with Brown Hair is my comedy duo. That's with me and Becky. And that is one of my favorite names ever, by the way. Thank you. It's because we have brown hair and we're girls. That's it. That's it. Thank you for talking about female friendship breakups with me and getting so specific with so many details. I know it's really hard. So thank you. Well, thank you for showing me this safe space. It was really fun and a little scary, but good. (laughs) But good. But good. Ultimately. (laughs) Sam, do you want to be toxic soon? Okay. We'll offline. We'll offline. (laughs) Yes. That's all for this week's episode. If you have something to say, you want to talk back to this episode, or you have a question, or maybe you think you have a difference of opinion, join the book club. The book club is on Patreon. We have a chat and there are so many cookies in the chat. We talk about the episodes. We talk about book recommendations. We just talk about our lives. We break things down. It's super fun. It's on Patreon. You can join for as little as $1 or $5 a month and then just download the mobile app and you can chat all day long with us. Also, if you join Patreon, all the episodes are ad-free. So we started running ads. If you don't like that, join our Patreon. We send you a podcast feed with ad-free episodes and everyone comes to your phone. You would also get all of the bonus episodes and there are so many great bonus episodes. You get all of that when you join our Patreon. And if you're a super hardcore cookie, we have a live book club on Zoom once a month. It's on Sundays. It's so fun. Sometimes we dress up, we chat about the episodes. No reading is required. If you want to read along, it's so fun, but also most people just listen to the episode. And then we chat and hang out and check in. And a lot of really deep friendships have formed. It's the best. A big thank you to our podcast producer, Kate Downey, our executive producer, Jordan Moncada, our sound engineer, Marcus Hom, and our amazing assistant, Jaren Padre. I also want to thank our friends over at Pattern Brands. They are our product partner, and they keep me and my guests just rolling in the cutest tiny spoons and candles 
and so many other cool things. And Paquetto, I genuinely love our product partners. I love them so much. So go check them out. Everything is linked in the show notes. And if you have questions, go to the Patreon chat lounge and I'll see you there.